What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every day, five days a week, the only daily Trailblazers podcast, free on all platforms. Start your day listening to Locked on Blazers. It's your team every day. Today's episode, a very special one, is the triumphant return of friend of the program, and friend in real life, Jason Quick, a senior writer for The Athletic. JQ, thanks for joining us. How you doing? Mikey Mike, always like jumping on your show. I'm doing well. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, we gave you the summer off, but now the season's back and you got to come back on. We're calling you back. We're calling you back in. We're calling for the righty from the pen. Uh, this is, <laughs> we need you to bring the heat. The Blazers are nine and four, 13 games in. Uh, we're, this is, you are listening to Tuesday, November 15th show on, on tonight's, depending on when you're listening to this, the Blazers play the San Antonio Spurs ahead of that game. They're, they're nine and three, they're six and two on the road. What stands out to you the most through 13 games? I'll start really broad and maybe we'll dial it in from there, Jason. Uh, the effort they're, they're playing their ass off every night. And I, to me, it just, it just jumps off the court. Uh, and it's really refreshing to see because I think especially for this fan base in Portland, that's something uh, – that's all we ask, I think. That's, that's you know, year in, year out, just play hard. Yeah. And I don't know necessarily that we've gotten that on a consistent basis over the last couple of years, certainly not last year at the beginning. Uh, but this group, man, Chauncey Billups hasn't playing hard and uh, playing together. And it, it's just really, I think that's why everyone's enjoying this season so much. You know, everyone I talk to uh, brings it up. That I love this team. It's so yeah. fun to watch. And, and I agree. It's been a very enjoyable product. And, but it's all rooted in just how hard these guys are playing. Is that coaching? Is that just a uh, refreshed spirit after such? Like, what do you credit that to? Or obviously the combination. Think- yeah, definitely a combination. I think guys want guys like Chauncey. I think yep. that's become evident, and they want to play for him. But also, I think what is also, you know, if I had to do a a one a, a to your first question, you know, one would be effort, and two would be how much these guys like each other. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's become really evident just in how they interact with each with each other, how much they like each other, and because they like each other so much they want to play for each other and so uh they want to cover for a guy if he gets beat they want to rotate and and help him out uh and they want to make the extra pass to see him succeed and they're happy when a guy goes for 30 or a guy hits the game winning shot so that spawns effort when you like your teammates and you have trust in your teammates that uh that helps so uh, but I think it all starts with Chauncey and them wanting to uh, sell out for him and, yeah. and impress him and, and please him. Yeah, I, I, it's it's like I think in general it happens to media types like you and I and, and fans. It's like you want it to be one thing. OK, Joe Cronin nailed it. He did this and he nailed it. Or, yeah. oh, Chauncey Billups is, is is this huge upgrade and he nailed it. Oh, you know, this year Dame's healthy and that's the difference. Like it's all of it. Right. Like it's. I think Cronin yeah. did a pretty good job, but he wasn't even nearly as confident in this roster as as it turned out to be. Like in that media yeah. day, Joe Cronin was dialing it back. He was trying to get everyone's expectations turned down a little bit. It's just there's something with this team, the vibe, the it, the the something you can't quite maybe 
there's like an inexact science to just creating good vibes, creating a team that that likes each other and plays for each other. And they've they've got it early in the season. Yeah, and I think it's contagious. And yeah. and that's the whole thing like about sports and teams is you never know how everything's going to mix, how the personalities are going to mix, how the talent level is going to blend. And that's always kind of the wild card in all this. You know, we, we've had the teams try to do the super team thing and it just doesn't quite fit because right. of just weird things or, you know, intangibles. And it's the other way here. Like on paper, this team doesn't look great, but when you put it all together and you blend everything and you get personalities and all that stuff, it does work. It clicks and it's a beautiful thing when it happens. And you know, I think I, I can't remember if it was a tweet of yours or something where you were saying like, Hey, people enjoy this because yep. basketball like this doesn't come around very often. The last time I remember having like this vibe and this feeling was um, that year with Nate McMillan and um, when the Blazers really kind of broke out with the, with that young crew and that group loved each other. They loved playing with each other and they played with such a, a verb and an excitement and they were also kind of wide-eyed to the nba life right because they hadn't been very a, good until then they like they were i think they were right. 41 and 41 the previous season and they won right. 54 games or 52 games whatever it was they were just like oh we're really good now they had it was really yeah. it was different you were obviously much closer to the team than i was then but i was going to ask you like everyone says like, this is the most fun team since. And everyone has like a different answer. And some people are saying like 1976. Um, <laughs> but um, that's interesting that you, what was it about that team that reminds you of this team just sort of vibe wise? Um, just kind of like the, uh, it's such a, a raw joy, I think, like in the locker room. I haven't been in the locker room that much this year just because they're on that long road trip. I wasn't there, but just like observing them from afar, you can see just a general enjoyment of being around each other, the way they laugh and joke and tease. And um, there's just a closeness that comes from, you know, a bond that you have on a team. Like if for people who have played, competitive sports you know what i'm talking about like yeah when you have a team that you love you know and uh you guys just form kind of a a bond that is that's hard to kind of uh explain like you know i try to tell my wife about you know I, i'm still friends with all my high school uh guys that, that i played baseball with and stuff she's like why are you guys still friends you know you're 15 <laughs> you guys are still fighting us because we formed this bond of playing at a high level and playing in high games, you know, high meaning games and you develop bonds in, in that time. And, uh, but anyways, going back, I, I, I think that team with B Roy and LaMarcus and Jared Jack and uh, Travis outlaw, Martell, all those guys that that's similar to this, but uh, I think also that, I think it was 15, 16, that team that everyone thought was going to be terrible after yep. LaMarcus and Rolo and uh, those guys left Wes, uh, you know, the team with Ed Davis and stuff that they were, that team was really fun too, because nobody saw that coming and they were all of a sudden, you know, really competitive. They played their butts off and they were kind of this blue collar, hard nosed 
uh, overachieving team. And, th- and that was very endearing. And that was a really fun season as well. It was. I will always remember, I was trying to write a story about that team. And I said to Ed Davis, like, when did you, uh, he, I was like, when did you start to believe? And he's like, I don't know, January, February. And I was like, and, and it was, this was like late March, April, like right yeah. at the end of the regular season. I said, and where'd you, where'd you think you'd be right now? He's like, making vacation plans, dog. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He was like, I didn't think we'd be good. And that was like part of the reason why it was the team got along so well is because it was like, oh, this is going to work. And they all got kind of bought in at varying points. Yeah. And it was like, yep, we're going to yeah. do it. It's happened earlier with this group. Um, yeah. And, and I think too, like with that earlier group in the Nate McMillan era, like yeah. they didn't know, they hadn't been around enough to know that it was kind of special. I think a lot of guys on this team have been around enough and been mm-hmm. through different iterations of different teams that they know that this is kind of special. That hey, this is a pretty cool group. Let's totally. make the most of it. You so, know? Say, well, it's like you think you look at like Justice Winslow. He's been on some really good teams. Yep. He's been on some bad teams. You look at Jeremy Grant. He's been on a team that made the Western Conference Finals. He's been on some stinkers in Detroit. Like you, Josh it, Hart. Yeah, Josh Hart. Exactly. Been on some really bad teams and been on some teams that were much yep. more successful. Uh, you get. You just, it's just a different, like, once you've been in the league five, six years, you kind of know, like, oh, yeah, it's, it, we aren't one of those groups. We aren't a group that's going to lose by 30 and have, you know, have a bad month or whatever it is. Like, we're, and, and I think they appreciate it more. And then that, like, the mix, the mixture of sort of like veteran know how with sort of like young, hopeful parts is really, um, has yeah. made for a really compelling begin to this season. Uh, I want to, I want to yeah. ask you about Jeremy Grant because he's been, he's been yeah. so freaking good. Um, and I think he's a big, he's, he's the, to me, the biggest part of this season being so good as has been Jeremy. But first, no question. First, I want to tell my listeners about sweat block. Listen, if, perspiration, heavy perspiration is something that is a issue in your life. If it's just embarrassing or it's something that comes up from anxiety or whatever it might be, sweat block might be the antiperspirant solution for you. Sweat block wipes were invented by a doctor and they're guaranteed to work or you don't pay. They call it the sweat block dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. So if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweat block risk-free today. And you can save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Plus, it's also available on Amazon. Today's show is also brought to you by Rocket Money. Listen, uh, Rocket Money is the super simple app that makes things it makes it easy to get your eyeballs on all of the descriptions you might have. You can cancel unnecessary unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it could save you thousands per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MBA. Here's how it works. You sign up for Rock for Rocket Money. You click a couple buttons, it gets a, it gets an eyeball on all of your subscriptions. And then from there, you can decide what you want to keep. If you want to cancel, it's one simple button. That's all you got to do. The app shows you all your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want. So one more time, that's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MBA, rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. All right. Still chatting here with Jason Quickson, your writer for The Athletic. Jeremy Grant's been incredible this year, Jason. You compared him to, I believe you compared him to Ed Davis in a story you wrote earlier this year. What about Jeremy Grant stands out to you the most? His defensive versatility. Uh, You know, the fact that he is guarding the point guards uh, almost every night 
has changed the way this team can play defense. And it's been such a disruptive force um, that, you know, that number one is why the Blazers are nine and four is because they're playing defense. 100%. And he is spearheading. He is spearheading the defense because he's taking on arguably the best uh, offensive weapon on the other team. And, you know, I talked to Chauncey Billups today about it at practice, and he estimates that I thought it was like nine of the 13 games that he's guarded the point guard. And Chauncey said, no, it's actually closer to 11 or 12 because at the halftime of the Dallas game, he made a switch and took Josh Hart off of Luka Doncic and then put Jeremy on him. And he said, and that kind of messed with Dallas. Dallas had to kind of make an adjustment and they started running different plays to get Jeremy off of Luca um, because they wanted to avoid that. And, and that, you know, that speaks a lot to Jeremy's value and what he does. And Chauncey said, you know, yeah, not only is he affecting the shots of the point guards because of his length and his spacing, but, He's really disrupting their passes. They're not as on time and they're not as on target. And as you know, you know, a point a pass from a point guard, if it is just a little bit off off target, if it is just a little bit late, that could be the difference in getting an open three-pointer or an open shot or not. So he's really the more they watch the film, he's he's really affecting uh the other team by the way he's defending the point guard. And when you put him on the point guard, when they run sort of like normal pick and rolls with a big guy, you can just switch it with Jeremy Grant, right? Like you can just say, okay, Jeremy can go switch onto the big and it's not a problem. Like it it allows you to continue to play the defense you want to play. Like he's been, um, he's been really, really, really good on defense. I think early on, it's like the first game of the year, he guards Deer Fox down the stretch and it was a game changer, right? Like his ability to guard Deer Fox, like not, literally night one, but it felt like a little gimmicky. It felt like, okay. He, he guarded him from the opening tip, though. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it, but, like, it was, it, it felt like, you know, I'm saying, like, the first game of the season, it felt like, okay, well, this is, you know, this is the Kings. They, you know, they, they don't have really big imposing wings. Like, they don't, you know, it's not, it's like, maybe yeah. this won't work against everybody. I think, um, yeah. you, me and you definitely talked about it. It was like, you know, could they have done this against other teams? It quickly got kind of got answered, right? Like, they, they, yeah. they stuck with it. They worked against Phoenix when they asked him to guard Chris Paul. Like, it, um, yeah. They've Jamal Murray, yeah. Ja Morant. I mean, yep. it go, go down the line. He's guarded them all. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's been he's been, I guess, eleven of thirteen, according to John Zbilis. I bet he knows. Uh, like, yeah. yeah, and and the Blazers are as we record this. Uh, this is before the games have started on on Monday evening. But like, uh, the Blazers are sixth in the league in defensive rating. I mean, they're yeah. a top top six defense. They've been a top ten defense basically for, um, you know, they started out really hot and then they kind of slipped. They had they had a rough game in there against Phoenix, but they've been you know around a top ten defense basically all year long, which. Um, I did not see coming. I thought this was going to be one of the 10 worst defenses in the NBA. And they've really, um, to me, that really stands out. Um, The other part about Jeremy Grant's game is that he can score by himself. He can just, you can throw him the ball and he can go get a bucket. And the Blazers have been missing that element. Uh, I had no idea he could do that. I wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you this. Yeah. How much did you think? Go ahead. Well, remember that, that Memphis game, as many of you know, Mike and I sit next to each other on press row. And so we have a little bit of dialogue through the game. Uh, and you know, when everything, anything's notable, much. Jason, Jason gives me, <laughs> gives me eight opportunities to speak during a two and a half hour game. So I got to get them in. I like, if it's notable, I like to, 
have a little conversation. Yeah, yeah, if, I, if there's if there's something I want to talk about, I talk to Mike about it. <laughs> and I remember talking to you like that Memphis game at home. And it was the game that Jeremy had four travels. But I just thought that whole game, he was forcing it and trying to play outside of himself. I was like, you don't have that between the legs, crossover, you know, step back, jumper. You just don't have that. <laughs> And then the next game at Phoenix, he did have it. Yeah, he, he had, had it 35. 30, he had 35. Yeah, 30. 30. Oh, 30, 30 points. Uh, and then, you know, and hit the game winner. Uh, but, yeah, his – and then 37 against Dallas. I mean, he has been so good on both ends of the floor. And you're right. They haven't had a four like that who can just create his own shot. I mean, LaMarcus didn't really do that. LaMarcus just had his patented kind of – Turnaround, you know. Yeah, he had un- some unguardable <coughs> or the pick offense. and pop, some unguardable right. offense. But Jeremy Grant Not create your own shot. A hundred percent. Jeremy Grant can dribble into shots. He can run a pick and roll as a screener. He can run the pick and roll as a ball handler. He can score out of the post. He's shooting. He's probably shooting a little better than he's will for the year. He's he's shooting forty six percent from three on just over five attempts per game. I don't think and he's fifty percent overall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he's shooting That's crazy. Yeah, like he's 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 got a cool, uh, you know, 50, 45, 76 splits on 20 on and averaging 20 points per game and almost five boards and almost three assists. Yeah. Like um, it's he's he's um, he's just been so good. I think he's going to shoot a little he's, bit worse for sure. Yeah, he's the most valuable player of this season. No, nope, I agree so far. I mean, yeah, Dame's probably still, you know, the best offensive player. But as far as value and and what you're bringing and how you've changed the team the best player and the most valuable player has been jeremy i mean he has been exactly exactly what they needed and i i just got done writing a story off of today's practice on kind of the origins of jeremy coming to and it's it's kind of a story that most people you know know a little bit that Dame and, and Jeremy struck up a friendship at Team USA uh, and when they're at the Olympics in Tokyo. and uh, But it, it really began then where, where Dame was tapping him on the shoulder on uh, bus rides to the arena saying, we got to make this happen. We, we got to get you to Portland. And, you know, got to rescue you when they got Detroit. Yeah. When they got back, and anyways, you have to read the story. Uh, it, it just talks about their kind of budding friendship, how it started there, and how Dame could envision that this is the perfect four for our team. And yeah. boy, was Dame right. They, yeah. you know, what he envisioned and what he saw in those practices and work ethic that Jeremy had during that. He would stay after practices and work on his ball handling, work on his shot. And he's like, yeah, this guy would fit into, into our team. Uh, Jeremy Grant played in a high school tournament here that I covered back in the day uh, when he was a junior in high school. And I thought he was like the fourth best player on his team. So uh, uh, Dame Dame is a better scout of talent than I am. Because uh, yeah. I was like, this guy's athletic, but he's never good. Well, um, I mean, he was drafted in the second round too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, there's a lot of – I think he's grown. I think he's matured his game. Totally. So, and, and I think – going to Detroit and getting to spread his wings a little bit as a number one option allowed him to be what he is now. Like that was probably too big of an ask, like him to be the best player on a good team, but as the second best player, um, he's been incredible. And when they've needed him to scale up the game in Phoenix where he had 30 and then the game against new Orleans, when he had 27, like 
he's he's ready for that responsibility in a way that probably is made easier by going to Detroit than making that jump from say like okay you're pretty good on 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 this Denver team but now like you need to be the guy and where there's gonna be nights when you need to score 20 um and and another thing like so we've talked about how great he's been defensively how surprised he's been offensively and another element to all this is he's really well liked by mm-hmm. his teammates he is he is so popular in that locker room you know it's JG this, JG that. <laughs> they love him. And I asked Lillard about that today at practice. And Dame said, you know, there's not a lot of guys in the NBA like him because, you know, there's there's guys who always think they can be an all-star or are always playing for uh, a bigger contract, more money. Uh, and you can feel it with them. You can see it with them. It, it, they wear it. That God, I want more. I want more. And Jeremy never has that. He 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 kind of always stays in his lane and stays to who he is. And he doesn't need more. He's not asking for more. And and that the guys see that. They see that he has the talent and has all this. He could go out and, and score the thirty a night, you know. Mm-hmm. But he stays within himself constantly, and, and he's. He's not a loud talker. He doesn't talk a lot about himself. And all that kind of exudes off of him and attracts people to him and makes him really likable. Uh, and, and so the, I thought that was a really cool observation that, you know, you can sense when guys want to get an all-star bid or get a bigger contract or get paid more. And, you know, they, you could see it in different actions by how they talk or by how they take shots or how they approach the game. And Jeremy has none of that. And, yeah, and the guys recognize that. He's mostly been just a chameleon. Whatever they need him to look like, he looks yeah. like in that game. Like he's been, and it's, yep. that's, that's like a, that's a real serious compliment at the NBA level. It's like, you don't yep. need, you know, so many guys need this. That, okay. You're going to have a good game yep. if you need this. And, and Jeremy's had good games in a, a bunch of different, uh, a bunch of different varieties. Uh, that's I, how I, you win in this league. You have 100%. guys who can accept that stuff. hundred percent. I, I want to talk about this team's, ceiling because i think it has for me in 15 games 13 games it's changed i want to ask you if, if if you think it has as well but first i want to tell my listeners that this episode is brought to you by prize picks uh i play prize picks i use the app because the app's easy but you can also go to prizepicks.com and it's super simple you pick between two and five players and if they go above or below the projections you can win up to 10 times on every entry here's how it works you're not competing against other people or or you know, the field or anything like that. It's just you versus the prize picks projection. So they're picking, if you're do if you're a basketball person, you they're picking points, rebounds, assists, steals, you pick over or under that line and you can win some money. If you don't want to do uh, the NBA, they got the NFL, they got MLB when it's the season, they'll have an NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, esports, NASCAR, you name it. You can make entries in 60 seconds, safe and fast withdrawals when you win. So you can get your money quickly and easily and it's currently operational over 30 states in canada including oregon if you're a local listener here so download the prize picks apps or app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up today and play daily fantasy sports first-time users can receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars when you use that promo code locked on if you deposit a hundred dollars prize picks will give you a hundred dollars if you deposit fifty dollars guess what they're going to give you fifty dollars so don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match that's prize picks daily fantasy made easy 
Right, still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked On Blazers. And did I almost screw up my third uh, my third segment introduction? Yes, I did. But we still made it here, and we're still chatting with Jason Quick, senior writer of The Athletic. Jason, when the season began, I thought the Blazers were a play-in team. I believe you wrote the same thing in an early season article I read on TheAthletic.com. Where do you think this team's ceiling is now, with the caveat that they got a whole bunch more games to play before this really starts to be a meaningful prediction? Um, I mean, I think definitely a, a, they've shown the brand of basketball that is playoff caliber. Yep. You know, I think they're top six caliber right now. I think that is a legitimate goal for this team. Top four hosting a first round playoff game. I don't know if I, I I'd like to see a little more before I go out on a limb and, and say this could be a top four team, but Hey man, like we said, this team plays hard. They've been playing defense. And look, they've been doing it without Dame every game, without Nurk every game. You know, they've they've been filling the 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 holes when they need to be. I mean, I think like Chauncey said today, on the road, six game road trip, he had the starting lineup once. Yep. You know, the other times he was plugging and placing guys here and there. And that's a sign of a good team as well. I mean, Jabari Walker's given them minutes. Yeah. Trenton Watford's given them minutes. You know, I mean, they're getting contributions up and down that roster. And that's how you sustain uh, winning throughout the course of a long 82-game season. Um, there really isn't a lot that this team hasn't shown yet. They've won on the road. They've won back-to-backs. They've won without key players. Uh, they've won with different guys winning the games uh, with last second shots. They've won close games. It's been a, they've beaten really good teams. They haven't had, they haven't had a stinker yet where they've just like gone and played it. The second Phoenix game was kind of, it was, it was, but it was like, it was kind of, they were so shorthanded and you kind of knew that after they'd won, that was a stinker. I'll I'll give them that. And the end of the Miami game, they didn't play well, but those are good teams. I'm talking like, yeah, you show up, you know, if right. they lost that Charlotte game or something like that. It's like we show up against a team that yeah. you should win and all yep. those things, and they just like lay an egg. They haven't had a stinker yet. And and some yep. of the like yep. secret to making the playoffs in the NBA is just like take care of the business, take care of business when it's right in front of you. And they def- and they have, yep. and they've, you know, come out with some great last second moments too. And you stack those on top of each other, and you are, as we're recording this today, are currently in top of the Western Conference standings. Yeah. It's been really fun. Really, yeah, really fun. It has. It's been. It's uh, truly like you know. Uh, I record two and a half hours of audio content, video content a week. You know, available on all platforms, five days a week, free wherever you get podcasts. But like, <laughs> it's that's that's a professional plug, Jason. Uh, yeah. But uh, like, it can be hard. <laughs> like, it, it, there could be yeah. like I'm, I'll bring it. Like I'll bring it to every episode. I, I I I'm I'm proud of what I do. But like, there are some nights where I'm like. Okay, let's go record a yeah. podcast. And we just yeah. haven't had that yet. We haven't, I have not had, I've, every time I've, basically every time I come down here, I'm like, heck yeah. Like, this is going to be easy. And like, this is going to be fun and enjoyable to talk about. Um, yep. Can I advocate for the devil who rarely needs advocating for, do they have too many players? Like, is there a situation where the Blazers have too many dudes who deserve to play? I don't think so. You know, and, and you know, this is, I think, a, a veiled way of bringing up Gary Payton Jr., who hasn't even played yet. 
Yeah, even before um, we get there, I think they have a lot, maybe more guys than can yeah. play on a normal night. If no, I don't, because like what Chauncey says, like how hard they play, you're going to need to shuttle in guys here and there. And then as we've seen, especially in Portland over the years, guys get hurt and yep. you're going to need guys to be in there. So, uh, no, I do not think so. And because I think, um, you know, Chauncey's going to keep guys engaged mm-hmm. is, is the way, is my, the sense I get. You know, he'll give them little five-minute spurts here, six-minute spurts there. Um, but I, I don't I don't believe in that. I don't believe in you can have guys. Or, because the guys who the end of the playing rotation are young guys. So it's not like you're you're putting a Josh Hart and giving him only, you know, 12 minutes a game. The only guy who's interesting in that equation, though, is Nasir. Yep. I, I feel like Nasir has kind of gotten shafted a little bit in minutes this year. He, he He's gotten more recently, but I think that's just an indication of how valuable Josh has been. I think Josh, Josh has really become – yeah, Josh has really become a, a security blanket for, for Coach. Well, he's such a good I, tone I think he setter. loves playing him. He's such yeah, a good tone he setter. He, he has a hard time getting him off the court because he brings so much – and so versatile and so just as you say sets such a great tone so yeah, that yeah, has I mean, been it's been more an indication of josh's value than nasir's lack of uh, or quality of play i think nasir's been very good yeah <laughs> especially me. recently nas has kind of like it's it's clicked for him he was the first couple games first two games um he just it was like Oh no, like what, you know, what kind of what happened to him? You know, it was kind of, he was just rushing and it's just like, it's just, he was making weird mistakes and getting, he was just felt like his feet weren't under him, but he got going and he's had the last week. He's been really good. Josh Hart was playing over 37 minutes a game last week. He's come to, they've come down a little bit. He's, I was just, just a shade over 36, which is probably still a little too many, but not really that big of a deal. Um, I think the issue comes from like with the too many guys and, and we can, we can now specifically talk about Gary Payton, I guess uh, like Chelsea wants to play nine. Um, he played last year. He would play kind of what I would call t- like a nine plus where he'd play nine guys and then he'd give Tony Snell eight minutes. So he will play 10 somewhere in there somehow, but he wants to play nine. And if you have nine, then there is a, there's a question with the back half of that. Like, with if if assuming everyone's healthy with the Drew Eubanks Trent Watford question with how much Nazir Little plays and all those things like eventually there's going to be some decisions but I think I agree with you having more good players than can play each night is actually a good thing not a bad thing yeah and I, I think Drew has to play now yeah Drew's been so good so yeah. good yeah, he's been uh, he's been really fun. Um, I, I was not. I, I kind of was like, I really like Drew as a person. Like, I've, I enjoyed just like talking with him, and I really like Drew as a story. But I was kind of like, yeah, he's not. You know, he's got some limitations. He's he's surpassed all of my skepticism. Like, he can he can help. He's he can. Uh, I agree that he should probably yeah. be most almost every single night. He's you need him to play real minutes, and he's been totally functional to uh, filling in for Nurk for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I think Trendon's been really good in his yes. minutes uh, since he's gotten back from injury. He, you forget how smart he is. He he just makes a lot of the right reads and uh, plays, and and that's also like an, I feel like the IQ level of this group is so much higher than we've seen in the last couple of years because last year's team like, was as stupid as you could be. They were just they were it felt like they would make six or seven plays. It was just like what is happening? So yeah, I'm with you. And 
and because of, I, I felt they were playing for themselves. Yep. Particularly, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about early in the season before they blew it all up. Yeah, pre, pre you know, December 31st. Yeah. Yeah. They were guys looking for their own shot, looking, for, you know, to get theirs. Like, oh, it's my turn to get my shot. This group really is smart, I feel like, in, in how they run the plays and, and the patience they show in getting the right shot. Uh, yep. it, it's really been really been fun to watch. Yeah, they're, they've listened. Um, the, the thing you mentioned, uh, from, from my Twitter account is like a big thesis of the podcast is like, hold on to your joy. Like the, the these, yeah. most teams lose most like sports are fleeting and painful and, and frustrating. So like the Blazers have been really good. Just like, I don't, uh, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of time analyzing it cause that's the place where that's what I do here. That's what someone pays me to do. But like, just the simplest solution is obviously simplest explanation is the best. Like this seems fun. Enjoy how fun they've been. Uh, that's, um, I'll say Jason Quick, not always known for appreciating the fun. He's a little bit of a, he can be a little bit of a curmudgeon. So if Jason is telling you to in, uh, embrace your joy, you really got to hold on to it. Um, also, I'm a little bit of a curmudgeon too for keeping it, uh, keeping it honest. <laughs> <laughs> I've just seen, I've, I've watched this team for a long time, Mike. And, You've been around the block. <laughs> and it jumps out when there's something special. And I think this is something special. You know, this is been really fun i i'm not here to tell you that you know come april it's still gonna be this great and this fun but that's why they play the games and that's why i i can't wait to go to the arena to watch them play the spurs see if this ride keeps going and is it continues to be fun but so far what has happened here in these first 13 games really special stuff yeah and uh and you're right people should should embrace it and don't nitpick it and start thinking about who should we trade and who do they need to bring in. I mean, way too early for that stuff. Let this breathe. Let's see what it becomes. And while we're doing that, let's enjoy it and realize that there's probably 28 to 27 other fan bases that would love to have this team. Would yeah. love it Yeah, more yeah. than theirs. Yeah, 100%. This is This is... Um, I don't know that like everyone in the national media has caught on, but this is one of the best stories in the NBA right now. Um, so, so if you yep. are a Blazer fan and you're paying close attention, enjoy it. Cause this is, this has been a really fun group. Jason, thanks for, um, thanks for lending us some of your time today. Uh, I'm going to let you go so you can go watch Monday night football, uh, which was okay, your Mikey, which was your preference. Best, when, you, uh... when you texted me, you said, as long as I can be done for football. And I said, I'll do it for yeah. you, bud. Best luck on the baby front, man. Hey, thanks. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Any day now. Pulling for you guys, yep. Appreciate you. Uh, dear listeners, subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, J- Jason is... It- Dude still got it. <laughs> he's, he's definitely worth <laughs> worth reading. Um, you're gonna be you're gonna appreciate the subscription if you uh, if if you subscribe to Jason's work. St- a strong 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 recommend from me. Uh, come back for tomorrow's show. Blazers play the Spurs. Uh, we will talk all about that one. Thursday they play the Brooklyn Nets. We'll talk all about that one. Five days a week, uh, wherever you get podcasts. So go g- subscribe, like all those things, and then tell your friends to do the same. Make it your first listen. How about you make your second listen locked on sports today? It's a 22 minute podcast, again, covering everything you know from all the major sports leagues in just 22 minutes. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.